0: It is overstimulated. I think it is uh,
1: several years later. Okay. Well, thank you all very much for your thoughts. Have a very happy Chinese New Year break and uh, have a very happy Year of the Ox as well. You heard there Iris Pang, who is Greater China Chief Economist at ING Wholesale Banking. Stuart Allcroft who is Chairman of Trust, and our International Economics Correspondent, Barry Woods. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets this morning. The ASX 200 up about a third of a percent now in Australia. Nikkei 225 in Japan recovering a little bit from earlier losses, down about 0.1%. Looks like the Hang Seng's going to add about 130 points or so at the open. Down in South Korea, the Cosby pretty well flat. In the commodities markets, uh, Brent crude oil is at $61.32 a barrel. Gold is at $1,837 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Stay tuned for Back Chat. Hugh Chiverton and Janice Wong coming up. The weather forecast uh, for today and also for the Chinese New Year holiday. uh, It's going to be cloudy with rain. The rain's going to be more frequent at first and will ease off at night. It will be cool. Temperature's around 17 degrees. The weather will improve, you'll be pleased to know, on Lunar New Year's Eve. And uh, cool in the morning, warm periods uh, during the day with sunny periods in the Lunar New Year holidays. There is a strong monsoon signal in force right now. It's 17 degrees, 92% relative humidity. 8.31 and a half, here's Samantha Butler with the news.
2: Senators in the United States have voted to continue Donald Trump's impeachment trial. The former president's legal team had argued that the process was unconstitutional because he was no longer in office. But six Republicans, one more than expected, joined Democrats in voting to carry on. Mr. Trump was charged with inciting insurrection after his supporters stormed Congress last month. His lawyers insist the attack wasn't sparked by Mr. Trump. One of them, David Schoen, accused Democrats of abusing impeachment power for political gain.
3: The singular goal of the House managers and House leadership in pursuing the impeachment conviction of Donald J. Trump is to use these proceedings to disenfranchise at least 74 million Americans with whom they viscerally disagree and to ensure that neither they nor any other American ever again can cast a vote for Donald Trump. And if they convince you to go forward, their ultimate hope is that this will be a shot across the bow of any other candidate for public office who would dare to take up a political message that is very different from their own political point of view as the
1: direction in which they wish to take our country.
2: An overnight lockdown at two buildings on Lokshan Road in Wan has been lifted with some 1,700 residents tested for COVID-19. Results are still being verified. Earlier, a government spokesman said there'd been no confirmed cases in the buildings recently, but sewage samples had tested positive. The lockdown was lifted at 7.15 this morning. Twitter says its number of active daily users has grown to 192 million. That's a rise of more than a quarter compared with a year earlier. The social media company also made more than $200 million in profit during the final quarter of 2020. Here's the BBC's Michelle Fleury.
4: I think the thing that startled most people was that Twitter added users, specifically the users that watch its ads. In other words, the users it can make money off, uh, not just through the quarter, but also in January. It doesn't typically break out uh, the first month of the year, but it did so in part because that was, you may recall, when Donald Trump, one of uh, its heaviest users, actually was forced off the site. Um, and I think people are taking heart in this, seeing that that it has benefited in some ways from people's hunger to find out information about the pandemic.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton.
5: And I'm Janice Wong. Today we're talking about waste and what to do with the central market. The government has announced a new waste reduction blueprint outlining the strategies, goals, and measures to tackle the challenge of waste management up to 2035. This includes setting a target to slash the amount of rubbish thrown out per person by 40 to 45 percent. And as part of its plan to wean Hong Kong off its reliance on landfills, the administration will try to boost the recycling rate for waste to about 55% through its long-delayed levy on household rubbish and the development of new green facilities. The Secretary for the Environment also confirmed earlier reports of a proposal to build a second waste incinerator, How useful will that be? What do you make of the overall blueprint? Will it be more effective than previous plans? Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments on our Facebook page backchat at RTHK Radio 3 You can email us backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us of course and our number is two three three eight eight two six six. That's two three three eight eight two six six. After 9.15, we'll be discussing the latest development in the revitalization of the central market with John Batten, the president of the Hong Kong Art Critics. This comes as China Can Group has, been, has just been awarded the tender to operate the updated great three historic building for 10 years. Uh, We've got a
3: few uh, emails on uh, different uh, topics, which we'll get to probably a little bit later, maybe uh, in between our two uh, themes uh, today. But uh, Derek says uh, on uh, our first uh, issue today, Hong Kong is in dire need of a better recycling plan besides the sparsely located recycling bins and cardboard granny brigade. I'm somewhat surprised that the government wants to consult the public about anything. That comes uh, from Derek. Once again, our email backchat at rth.
5: Now, uh, joining us to discuss our first topic this morning on the government's new waste uh, reduction plan, we have Edwin Lau, the Executive Director of Green Earth, and uh, Albert Lai, the CEO of Carbon Care Asia. After the 9 o'clock news, we'll be joined by Millie Ng, the Deputy Director of Environmental Protection. First of all, good morning to both of you and welcome to the program.
6: Hi, good morning, Janice and Hill and Albert, everyone. (laughs) Good morning.
5: Maybe we can start with you, Mr. Lai. Uh, Do you think a 40 to 45% per capita reduction in the amount of rubbish we throw out uh, can be achieved by uh, 2035? Is it a realistic target?
7: Well, before I answer that question, I must congratulate the government officials this time, especially the spin doctors. Um, Well, this waste management plan uh, managed to achieve two things, which was remarkable. One is that it disguises their failure in waste reduction as a progress for setting a reduction plan that has no firm targets. Secondly, um, they managed to promote an unpopular and unwanted waste incinerator by disguising this as a waste management plan uh, and, you know, for not needing not landfill anymore. So, so and, that's, uh, and that's why the public uh, seem to be quite confused as, as to what this waste management plan is all about. Um, um, let me just give you one piece of example. Um, we, the government knows full well that the central uh, and most powerful tool in waste management uh, is to enact a law requiring waste charge. Because once you have this waste charge, uh, the entire market in waste recycling, waste use, and so on will be mobilized, and then waste reduction, you uh, we know, will 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 fall into place as, as a matter of course. Now, um, if you look back at history, the government actually promised to have this enacted in 2007. Now, I'm saying 2007. That is uh, 14 years ago. Now, not not 2017. Now. And look at what's happening now. Um, If you look at the plan today, they are saying that, okay, um, the government will uh, 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 complement the Legislative Council's effort to enact this um, waste charge bill. And that's all. They don't even give a deadline. Now, with this sort of uh, commitment, or so-called commitment, uh, do anyone really believe the government has a, has any political will what, to go but, forward? But wasn't, wasn't
3: it held reduction? up? Wasn't it held up by legislators? Really, wasn't it the government trying to push it through? But it was the legislators who, who slowed it down. This,
7: this is held up by legislators, by the establishment legislators, which the government is meant to mobilize. Right? If they don't mobilize their own legislators, obviously nothing can be achieved. As simple as that. I mean, and and, and and as we all know. There's no opposition legislators now, in the whole of Legco, basically, right? So if, you know, if we have a Legco like this, I mean, they can enact it next month. Well,
3: didn't but the gerrymandering also play a part, though, from the from the Pan Democrats, because that stopped uh, the functioning of Legco, basically, and uh, well, the waste management no, just just No, fell whatever, off the
7: whatever that. Uh, okay, whatever the argument is, is obsolete. Because now there's no real Democrats in the Legislative Council. The government can do whatever they want. So, so the big question is that uh, does, does the government really want to do anything at all in the Waste Charge Bill, which they, they then, interestingly, they themselves admit in this new pl- paper that this is a central piece of legislation. Right? And then with a central piece of legislation uh, for waste reduction, you know, lying idle, um, and that yet they don't want to promise, to make any promise in terms of the deadline for, for legislation. I mean, that, is, that is totally
3: intriguing.
5: From what you're saying, I mean, do you think there is the political will to accomplish uh, this now? I mean, the passing of the uh, waste bill?
7: Well, the waste bill should have been passed. Now, actually, KS Wong promised the green groups time and time again that it should have been passed uh, a few years back. Uh, but that's been delayed, and again and again, okay, fine. Like Hugh said, you know, some people accuse the, uh, uh, the Democrats of uh, obstructing that and so on. But obviously it's not just the Democrats. I mean, the presidential legislators uh, uh, are actually the most vocal people uh, to, to oppose the bill. Now, but that, actually, the political scene has changed entirely. You know, the government is in full control. I mean, this is what Kerry Lamb said himself. I mean, she's she's very pleased that, you know, she has no opposition now and she can do, you know, what the government thinks is right. Okay. And now that the paper uh, uh, openly said, this paper openly said that the government thinks um, the Waste uh, Reduction Bill uh, is, uh, you know, a key cornerstone uh, in the entire waste management plan or waste management strategy. Um, But why wouldn't they promise to get it enacted this year or this month?
3: Okay, uh, Edwin Lau. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks yes. for, for joining us. So, I mean, we had this la- we had the last uh, kind of uh, policy uh, blueprint in in 2013. That was the blueprint for sustainable use of resources. Yes. But but uh, as I understand it, things have got kind of got worse since then over the last eight years. Um, Nothing has really very much has come from that blueprint. Is that correct? Uh,
6: I would say uh, the achievement. Uh, uh, due to the uh, last uh, blueprint that end by 2022 is really a lot of uh, fails. Just like (laughs) a student, you you have your your annual uh, test result, which is a lot of red instead of uh, blue, and uh, many fails. Uh, A key example is the uh, MSW charging bill. Which uh, Albert just mentioned is a, a long delay, and which is now we cannot just purely blame on the legislator that opposing the bill, but it is really the minister, Environment Minister, how he is uh, using the, uh, the the utmost efforts to convince the legislator how useful is this bill to drive down our waste generation? as well as waste disposal. And he has failed to convince the legislator, and the consequence is the legislator did not, I mean, uh, uh, agree that this is uh, something that the government is able to uh, to launch in, in society. And I, I, I think it just putting the blame on legislator is really... Just uh, shifting the responsibility uh, of the uh, environmental bill to to other people, which is uh, really a bad case, uh, big, bad example that uh, we we shouldn't we shouldn't be taking it as, uh,
3: as a credit. Okay, okay. Well. All right. but but, yeah. but looking forward, then, I mean, now that um, yeah, there is no opposition, does that mean that we can move ahead and that uh, you know these goals can be achieved?
6: Uh, no, still there are very, uh, 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 a lot of disagreements from the existing uh, extended term of the Legislative Council. Now, the government still has to, I mean, put put this into the uh, right order. This is their, their responsibility and their efforts. We in the, in the civil society, green groups, can only to persuade and to advocate that, waste charging and other important uh, uh, policies is where we need it for if we are going to drive down our waste to a certain target that uh, uh the, the government wants to achieve. But we cannot go inside to the electrical to I mean to do all sorts of things to, to get the law passed. This is out of our <laughs> out of our control. And that we have already done our best. We have, uh, I mean, uh, lobbied the different legislators green groups, I mean, green groups, including the Green Earth, went to the uh, electoral to uh, meet with uh, individual uh, political parties to say the, I mean, the, the urgency of having the bill, and the pros and polls, we explain to them this is what we can, uh, giving them the facts, and for, the, for whether they can give the likes of the government is really, I mean, up to them with the government.
5: So, so what are the lawmakers concerned about then?
6: The lawmakers basically is uh, saying that a lot of the things supposed to be carried out to uh, at least to, I mean, uh, uh, dry down the existing waste problem, the government hasn't really uh, put enough efforts to uh, improve it, such as. Uh, one example they always cited is the uh, illegal dumping of waste in in different parts of the uh, territories including the new territories and some some dark spots is that just even uh to uh load uh, reduce the illegal dumping the the department cannot really uh, make a big improvement so how can, they how can we have the uh, confidence for the government to say uh, to launch the waste charging bill? They said there will be more of the cases of uh, illegal dumping by uh, different people or companies who, who don't want to pay a dollar to the government for the waste for charge. So, yeah, this is uh, some of the, the worries that uh, the, the legislator had.
5: And there are other measures uh, suggested in the uh, Waste Reduction Blueprint. Uh, what do you think about the suggestion that more waste-to-energy incinerators could be built? I mean, how effective do you think uh, it will be?
6: Now, waste-to-energy is just a better name than an incinerator or a big burner. It doesn't put a better name In a nutshell, it still put the resources to these things to, to burn it. And now the thing is that if we don't have the proper uh, uh, waste sorting facility before sending the uh, mixed waste into the uh, big burner, then uh, the high chances that a lot of the uh, useful resources, such as uh, paper, plastic, that they are burnable, they are compressible, but they are, they are resources that can be uh, recycled for, for reuse as uh, uh, second-hand material. If they, we don't have the facilities to stop them out, then it's the to the, the burner to the burn, then it is uh, a total waste of resources, and it is really against the principle of sustainable development that we are center of a circular economy. It's not a use and then burn and then uh, throw away the trash. It's a linear <laughs> kind of uh, economy. So I, 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 the Green Book cannot agree with the government that even the first incinerator is not yet up and running to see the result and and, and and any kind of side effect. We haven't seen it yet. Then you propose the second one. It is really, I mean, you're running and you are not walking step by step to, uh, to let the society to see. Well, achievement, some achievement, and then give us confidence, and then and to, uh, make the second one. I think it is really yeah, jumping all the steps.
5: Mr. Lime, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? I mean, how, how effective do you think uh, these uh, waste to energy incinerators uh, would be to to help uh, wean Hong Kong off its reliance on landfills?
7: Well, I think that is actually the waste incinerators is really a disincentive to a good waste management plant. Um, now, the reason I say that is you have to look at the uh, strategy that the government actually committed to over ten years ago uh, at that time, the waste management strategy is very clear. The priority is the three hours uh, of reduction uh, recycl- re- recycling and reuse so and only after we exhaust these three hours then you know we think about the kind of uh, um, end-of-term uh, waste disposal, either landfill or incinerator. Now, um, as Edwin has pointed out, actually the government's target, you know, 10 years ago they set a target by 2022, uh, the recycling rate should be, you know, 55%, you know, but now it's actually less than 30%, so it's a big failure. Um, and just imagine, if the government managed to do that, to to increase recycling rates uh, and then increase reduction rates, um, then actually we don't need another incinerator. We definitely don't need another incinerator. In fact, uh, the uh, experience uh, from other countries like Taiwan is that once they have put in place uh, a waste charge bill, um, the waste generated decreased by over half by around sixty percent you know in in the in space of around five years now, so if they managed to do that uh, actually in taiwan 's case, you know the incinerator's built uh, you know earlier on you know become became obsolete you yeah, but they have no, no waste to burn actually now, so so we don 't want to be we don 't want Hong Kong to be in such a such a, 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 a situation, uh, and that 's why the proper way is actually. To do the utmost in uh, reduction and recycling, and that means, first and foremost, you put into place a waste uh, uh, charge bill um, and allow the market to work, uh, and and allow the incentives to work, then um, our waste will come down. And then our current landfill and the incinerator that have been built will be enough to handle you know all the all the final waste disposal, and we don't need another incinerator by 2035. Um, and the reason why I say a new incinerator is it is incentive again. I mean, judging from the um, uh, experience of many governments overseas, if you have a lot of uh, uh, incinerators around, then the governments and the market will have no incentive to do waste reduction, because why, why do you want to do it? You, have, you, can, you can burn all the waste, you know, then people will feel that, okay, there's no need, there's no urgency, and so on. So that in itself is a perverse incentive for a poor waste management plan.
3: Okay. Uh, an email from uh, James, uh, our address, backchat.rghk.hk. James says, morning. The language needs to change. Waste management sounds like yet another problem, not an opportunity for businesses to harness and make money. Hong Kong wants to be a smart city. The administration should invest more in R&D on profitable or cost-neutral solutions in managing waste to create value-added useful solutions such as construction materials. Rather than supporting trendy fintech startups, they can look after themselves if they have a viable idea. The administration should support vocational training for green-collar jobs, Surely Hong Kong is past seeing elderly men and women stomping on cardboard boxes and tin cans to make a buck. Yes, polluters should pay. Hip pocket measures do work, but they must be significant. Finally, there must be millions of disposable masks, etc., being put in bins every day due to COVID-19. What could be done with them? Oh, and how much waste will be created with all the printed brochures and booklets related to the consultation process? That comes uh, from James. Thanks very much indeed. Backshatter.thk.hk. Uh, Albert Lye, do you think there's something in that, that it's, this is all about uh, a problem rather than opportunity, uh, and that uh, also the government is very proactive when it comes to, I don't know, fintech or some certain certain uh, uh uh issues uh but very slow it seems to act uh when it comes to waste
7: well i, I shouldn't agree that um, waste management can be opportunity in fact it is an opportunity if it's widely managed now just imagine that um um if we uh have a waste charge in place then um, all these, um you know, commercial office, you know, they will have a need to dispose of the waste because otherwise they'll be charged. And therefore, they will incentivize many more recyclers. Uh, and not just that, um, uh, in order to, and to, uh, because, uh, because uh, China actually has banned a lot of waste imports. And that means a lot of the waste recycled have to stay in Hong Kong. And what it means is that, you know, well, there will be opportunities for business to invest in waste recycling facilities and also waste reuse facilities, um, you know, to to, uh, manufacture a lot of uh, recycled products for the market and so on. So that in itself can generate a lot of green jobs. Uh, and and again, and that has been proven, you know, in many other countries. So I do believe that, you know, if we have the right policies in place, um, you know, it is, it is, you know, there is an opportunity, and, and unfortunately, this opportunity is 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 is, is not, it's now lost.
3: Okay, Tom uh, says, uh, this is Tom from Kelvindale Waste Management Inc. Uh, Tom says, I was involved in a company in 2005-06 that offered the government a free waste to energy management system using a clean process called gasification, not incineration. We asked to put this plant on an existing or redundant landfill to to take care of all Hong Kong's waste. We had talks with the landfill administrators, Sue is on a site, etc., for this trial. However, the whole scheme was torpedoed by government official Elvis Au, who bluntly told us there was no land available for this. We also offered to recycle the waste, but that was also shunned by the same official. Don't blame the public, investigate the officials. That comes uh, from Tom. Uh, Edwin Lau, have you heard about that? Uh,
6: kind of. I kind of heard about this. No, I think the government should be, really, uh, be open-minded about... Uh, all the, uh, the feasible options, and don't just use. I mean, if the government can allow for uh, other uh, more, uh, other options to have some trial, small scale trial, and see the results, and don't just, uh, I mean, kill it at the <laughs> when they when they heard about it and they kill it. This is not the uh, right uh, uh, attitude. Uh, let them do a small trial for all kinds of uh, proposals. Of course, not the really, uh, I mean, the raw one, but they are uh, more or less looking at their uh, description, technological know-how seems to be close to workable, then let them do a a trial. And really, uh, we need to have uh, not just a single option, to manage all our waste uh, uh, crisis uh, that we are confronting today. Well, when we look at the waste hierarchy, which is very, I mean, famous and and is a form of rule, that it starts from avoidance and then reduce, reuse, and recycle, and then come at the very bottom is treatment and then disposal. So the government should really all the emphasis and resources, efforts at the upper level of the waste hierarchy, uh, avoid try to use all kind of ways to avoid the generation of waste in the first place. Then you think of okay, uh, one burner is not enough. Then we make two burners to burn them. I mean the the the, the mindset is is uh, wrong. Out, for example. Well,
3: they, they do say that they are being proactive in their, you know, they want to introduce the municipal solid waste charge. They're also talking about uh, consultation, uh, uh, on, about on, for example, on plastic <laughs> bottles, on making uh, manufacturers play for... Sure.
6: wanting just to hear the government
5: talk a bit a bit more about that after the nine o'clock news um unfortunately we are um out of time mr lai thanks very much for joining us this morning that's uh Albert Lai, the CEO of Carbon Care Asia. He's also the founding chairman of the Professional Commons. And uh, Mr. Lau, you will stay with us for a little longer so we can talk more after the uh, news summary. And uh, for those of you tuning in, if you want to ask questions on any of those uh, aspects we've been talking about, give us a call. Our number is 233-88266. We'll, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, or you can uh, email us or uh Leave a message on our Facebook page. Um, And uh, right now, let's uh, look at the weather forecast. Uh, It will be cloudy with uh, occasional rain. Rain will be more frequent uh, at first. Um, It will ease off later tonight. And uh, temperatures will linger around 17 degrees during the day. Winds, a fresh to strong easterlies, occasionally gale force on high ground. The weather will improve on Lunar New Year's Eve, warm during the day with sunny periods in the Lunar New Year holidays. The strong monsoon signal is currently in force. Right now, the uh, temperature reading at the observatory is um, 16 degrees and the
2: relative humidity 93%. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
5: Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Hugh chiverton and me, Janice Wong. We now continue with our discussion on the government's new waste reduction plan. Um, in the first half of the program, we discussed the feasibility of the 40 to 45 percent per capita waste reduction target set out in the government's latest blueprint and the need for a second incinerator. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number is 233 And our Facebook page is backchat at radio 3 Edwin Lau, the Executive Director of Green Earth, is still with us on the program. Good We're good also morning. joined now by Millie Ng, the Deputy Director of Environmental Protection. Good morning. Good morning.
3: A few, a few emails, yeah. We've got, we've got emails on, on other topics which we'll get to uh, in about uh, 10 minutes' time uh, or so on. Uh, comments uh, arising from this morning's discussion. S says, regarding the waste, how about involving the manufacturers and distributors? What is the current arrangement if one wants to dispose of an appliance? Doug says the new territories is blighted by the widespread abandonment of old vehicles, cars and trucks. Many of these are dumped on roadside verges. Many years ago, government operated vehicle abandonment centres, but these were closed years ago. And if commercial vehicle scrapyards don't want a vehicle, then the owner has no alternative to remove the registration plate and dump the vehicle. This is a ridiculous and unsustainable uh, situation. That's from uh, Doug. And uh, Jay says, I want to hear about a big construction project for waste disposal, methane gas, salination plant and power station. That would facilitate waste and sewage disposal, cheap water and electricity supply for Hong Kong. And it would be a huge construction and job creation project. That's uh, from David. Once again, our email address, backchat at rthk.hk. Oh, here's a couple more. Uh, uh, Magnus says, on a related topic, please ask your guests their thoughts regarding continued use of styrofoam boxes. In the fish transport business in Hong Kong, looking at Aberdeen Harbour this morning, I see the familiar floating soup of plastic and styrofoam. It's the same every day and an absolute disgrace to our city. And uh, Louise said, uh, when KS Wong reveals to the people of Hong Kong the proposed site of the second incinerator, I do hope, that he remembers the government's justification for setting the, for citing the first incinerator on Wu Chow Island off Lantau. It was to create a balanced spatial distribution throughout Hong Kong of waste management facilities. Many green groups have long suspected that the second incinerator is also destined to be built off Shekwu Chao rather than in the far more logical location of new territories west. That's from uh, Louise. Thanks very much indeed. Our address, backchat at rthk.hk.
5: All right, let's get back to our discussion. Millie Ng, the uh, Deputy Director of Environmental Protection, is now here. Good morning, Mrs Ng. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. In the first half of the program, uh, we, we talked a bit about the uh, targets that this uh, blueprint hopes to achieve. Um, can, 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 how, how, I mean, how, how will you make this uh, plan a reality? Right.
0: Um, I think, uh, as you said, we have um, uh, put in two major targets, right, in the blueprint. And one is the midterm target um, by implementing charging for disposal of uh, municipal waste. Uh, we hope to gradually reduce the per capita uh, uh, municipal waste disposal by around 40 to 45 percent, and at the same time increase the recovery rate to about 55 percent. We we hope that this target is not just for the government but for the entire community, because waste disposal is actually done by every individual and every commercial unit in the society. So to make this a reality, we need the concerted efforts of the whole community in supporting bold policies and legislation, particularly in in this um, uh, charging. Uh, One issue is that the waste disposal rate actually is closely correlated with economic growth. So how to effectively delink such a close relationship? We need to implement both policies and legislation. And the Waste Charging Bill is one of the key measures. is a driving force in driving down uh, have a substantial uh, reduction in the waste disposal. Of course, we need public to help put in practice, most of, this is most important of all, put into practice waste separation and waste reduction in their daily life and as for the government of course we have the job to do is to um, um, put in place um, a good recycling network in the community so the uh, public will find it convenient to take out the recyclables we need to build essential infrastructure for example in treating food waste in in the, um, uh, handling waste of uh, electric appliances uh, etc and of course we have to step up education and publicity campaigns, but I think um, the, to make this plan reality, uh, to realise our targets, we need the concerted efforts of the entire community.
5: You, you. you just mentioned the importance of the uh, waste, uh, the solid waste bill. Um, when when do you uh, when do you think the government can uh, submit it to the uh, to Legco for approval?
0: Um, actually, the bill was introduced into the Legislative Council back in two thousand eighteen, and we are. Uh, Uh, We have been working with the uh, legislators closely uh, in taking forward this bill, and and we're still doing so. And um, uh, uh, as you can see, in the past years, we have already put in place a comprehensive recycling network in the community and also supported by uh, government-led recycling services. And we we hope that this will help address uh, many of the concerns of the legislators and hopefully uh, uh, they will be able to support the bill and, and pass it uh, as soon as possible.
3: Is there really comprehensive recycling or is it very piecemeal? Is it not trusted? Uh, people really don't know whether, whether recycling is actually going to happen. Isn't it largely ineffic- ineffective? The, I mean, the rates since 2013, since the last blueprint, uh, have actually gone down
0: actually the recycling rate uh, as you pointed out uh if you observe it the recycling rate of all the other jurisdictions around the world have gone down this is not just a problem for for hong kong but it's actually affected by worldwide uh, down downturn in in the um, uh, external market situation and and we uh, re- re- recycle recyclables used to be Uh, 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 can be done by by a tray, but the prices have gone down substantially. So what we have done in the past years um, uh, is to help the recycling tray. The government actually rolled out our own recycling services, for instance, uh, waste paper. Uh, uh, We have already rolled out the waste paper collection service across the territory. And in this blueprint, we have committed to expand the um, uh, waste plastics, Uh, collection uh, gradually uh, uh, to from the current three districts gradually to nine districts and eventually covering the entire territory and also food waste. um, We have rolled out the first pilot, um, first stage pilot uh, two years ago, and we are going to expand it and hopefully we will be able to collect more and more more food waste. But I hope you will appreciate that. These collection services actually uh, the cost is very high. So, waste reduction is most important, and and uh, also, as you know, we have um, uh, wrote out 22 brand new branding recycling stores across the territory, more than one in, in every district, and, uh, and actually it receives more than the traditional three types of recyclables. What we talked about was uh, just waste paper, uh, metal, and waste plastics, but these Um, New uh, recycling stores actually accept eight types of recyclables, including tetra packs. And we really encourage the public to put into practice um, recycling and support all these efforts
3: what about the incinerator? Because, um, you know, people, I think, were quite surprised by uh, this suggestion that you're already thinking of a, a second incinerator when the first one, which, of course, was extremely controversial, hasn't even got going yet, and we're already you're, you're banking on another one. That seems like a failure of policy.
0: Well, uh, actually, we do not think it's a, a failure policy. But if you look at the blueprint, our second major target is to... Um, move away our reliance on landfills. I think um, uh, uh, for, for waste that cannot be recycled we have to treat it, right this is an issue that has to be handled by all jurisdictions around the world when, when this waste cannot be recycled further but of course our emphasis definitely is on waste reduction recycling, resource circulation these all have to, have to take priority first but when the waste cannot be recycled further, we have to treat it somewhere. And currently, Hong Kong is relying on landfills. And we see that all jurisdictions, economies around the world, they they move away from from landfills and and they replace it with uh, waste-to-energy um, uh, infrastructure. This is actually more, I would say, more environmental friendly and more effective means of treating waste. And as set out in the blueprint. Um, these advanced technologies nowadays um, are environmental friendly, and they actually reduce carbon emissions by replacing fossil fuels in in um, uh, 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 generating electricity, and also have very stringent uh, uh, emission controls. And also, they integrate with public leisure um, uh, facilities in in the, in the community.
3: Edwin Lau what do you make of that I mean do, do, do you agree that uh, many of the I mean some of the problems that we're facing here are, are common to uh, uh, places all over the world uh, that uh, um, recycling is uh, less attractive as, as a proposition uh, and also that uh, incineration as, as a solution uh, again is, is uh, finding support in, in many places around the world and done well uh, it can be a very useful tool.
6: Hardly correct, but not uh, entirely. Now, um, it, it really depends on what you throw into the incinerators. If we still have a lot of, say, for example, food waste, that we haven't got enough facilities to, uh, uh, to treat the food waste, to make, uh, compost, to make it as uh, become raw material, as such as freeze feet. Or other uh, useful material, but if you put all the food waste uh, into the incinerator to burn, and the food waste is so wet, and you you are not helping the combustion, but you need to add a lot of energy to burn to dry the food waste, and I don't think it is really a I mean energy uh, uh, negative. So uh, now we know that this is uh, a fuel waste landfill is a good direction, but whether it is needed for two sets of big incinerators to first to achieve the zero-waste number, is up to, I mean, uh, the public to debate, and I don't uh, really, I mean, say that uh, we must have two sets of incinerators to achieve this. There are many other ways to do it, and I would like to describe this uh, new uh, waste pain which is really not Aggressive. Now we just look at the numbers. The numbers tell the stories. Now look at the old uh, uh, blueprint that recycling rate. They are the same for this one and the old one, also 55. For the uh, per capita daily uh, MSW disposal, the old one is 40% reduction by 2022. Now this one is 40 to 45 percent, slightly, a little bit more, uh, the 5 percent, Brazil, it is in a range. But it doesn't say a really uh, specific uh, year. It just say medium term. What does it mean to, to a society, medium term? Is it from this year to, to autumn, 35 in the middle, some somewhere, still so eight years from now, it is near the end of the uh, 2030. So look at this. that means it's an extension of the old uh blueprint uh relatively the same target but the deadlines were pushed forward pushed forward for i mean seven to eight years
3: okay to achieve we, that target do, do you want to so respond to that Mr. not aggressive Mason?
0: Yes, I think um, as uh, set out in the blueprint and also I mentioned, actually we, we do face a number of challenges in the past, like current high level of uh, waste disposal downturn in the external recycling market, scarcity of, of, of land resources, uh, etc. What we set out in this new blueprint, actually, um, I, I think it's an aggressive target, reduction by 40%. If you imagine a weight loss program of your daily garbage by 40 percent or 45 percent is aggressive from any perspective. We think, and we are prepared to 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 work together with the entire community to achieve this. As regards the medium-term uh, target, uh, it sets an preprint that we hope that the, the, with the implementation of the waste charging bill um, in the near future, um, we we and. And by the experience of other jurisdictions it usually takes um, two to three years to to really settle in the, the the reduction effects so we are talking about medium term about 20 um, uh, 28 to 2030 um, sometime in this range that we hopefully will achieve this medium term medium term target but i have to emphasize that this there's a target not just for the government but for the entire community. And we appreciate many NGOs, um, a lot of members of public are actually very supportive of of waste reduction and recycling efforts. But we need bolder policies and bolder uh, decisions.
3: Okay. So just a couple of comments from listeners. To uh, wrap it up, uh, Jay says, uh, Taiwan sets the uh, example in the world for recycling. The government promotes source separation of waste and collects all recyclables, whereas in Hong Kong, the pathetic government collects only from housing estates. In Taiwan, there is wa- waste collection charge for those waste items left after recyclables are removed at no charge. In Taiwan, plastic bottles are recycled and all the bus stop signs and posts on the island are made from recycled bottles. recycled are used to create clothing and the former World Cup soccer kits were made from recycle bottles. The government talks rubbish about being carbon neutral in the future whereas they intend to burn waste including recyclables. Hong Kong wet market waste is the wettest in Asia with a calorific value below two as you need a calorific value of more than 5.5 minimum for combustion which means adding accelerants like oil or coal to create combustion. 3,500 3, square metres of food waste goes into landfill each day, whereas UK CIWEM directive for handling food waste is to use the SUR system for pre-garburated food waste, which is broken down by bacteria. The stonecutter's upgrade can handle the whole of Hong Kong food waste Uh, if pre-garburated at collection stations before entering into the sewer system in less than five minutes. The government produces endless blueprints which never come to fruition. If they were run as a business they would be bankrupt. And uh, Mushroom says you want to put a a rubbish charge, yet you cut the rubbish bins in half. Have you bought any bigger lorries? Have you designed bigger bins? You certainly haven't decreased the job load of the contractors with big, easy fill bins. Certainly not in the new territories. Many dump sites have been removed, but no dump bins uh, in their place. That's from Mushroom.
5: All right. Uh, a big thank you to our guests discussing uh, our first topic on the government's uh, latest waste reduction plan. That's uh, Edwin Lau, the Executive Director of Green Earth, and Millie Ng, the Deputy Director of Environmental Protection. The time now is is at 20 minutes past nine. Just
3: a couple more comments uh, on that. Uh, Jimmy says, uh, how much funds has been accumulated in the 50 cent uh, plastic bag recycling charge? Uh, That's uh, from Jimmy. And uh, as mentioned, we do have a a, a few emails on uh, other topics and on on the subject of uh, discussion. Uh, David says uh, with the subject line insulting listeners, Uh, I enjoy your programme but for weeks now the use of the word Maoist has been used in an insulting way against one of your listeners, this must stop now listeners should be free to express their views logically and succinctly but your programme should not be used for making insulting and personal attacks and Nick says is it time to limit messages read out on backchat to those that strictly comment on the subjects being discussed rather than all these never ending personal back and forth attacks and criticisms that continue to be read out am i the only one fed up listening to it all every day and wishing backchat could stop sliding into the social media personal criticism abyss that comes uh, from nick um let, let us know we do, do uh, when we do we do have quite a lot of kind of back and forth uh emails uh, at the moment uh, are you interested is that something you think is a, is useful um drop us a line back to uh, hk um uh on that uh, topic bowen says uh, martin's claim that you're reading out messages from me and others preposterously characterized by him as holding an anti-government stroke anti-china view Proofs that freedom of speech in the city is well protected, demonstrated how he played fast and loose with facts to intimidate and to obfuscate. Far from being unequivocal proof of anything much, my input only represents the minimum required for discussions to have any semblance of integrity and perspicacity. A review of the 22 messages I have sent to Backchat in the past two months showed that I have directly criticised the government or its officials on only three occasions, all concerning the Secretary for Justice or the new oath and declaration for civil servants. And uh, Bone goes into a little bit more more detail on things that he had said in uh, december uh it concludes in labeling such moderate and relatively commonsensical comments anti-government or anti-china martin is seeking to intimidate me personally and effectively warning listeners that if they make similar moderate and much needed criticisms they too will be regarded as such presumably by the authorities If his concurrent assurance to us that freedom of speech is well protected does not amount to speaking from both sides of the mouth, I don't know what does. That comes from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that. Mike says, good morning, fans. With regard to yesterday's discussion, remember the email about the friend of a visitor from New York that had his two Covid vaccines and his negative PCR test. The email questioned why does the need to quarantine three weeks with all that he had done. The doctor's response was what I have been trying to tell you for the past month. I won't say it again. My fans will know what I've said. I was just wondering when the government was going to tell us the truth. The government, the vaccine will not uh, get us back the way it used to be. There will always be another crisis and another variant. I hope I'm wrong. One year ago, one month lockdown was to flatten the curve. Yep, 11 months later. How flat do you uh, want it? Uh, and uh, one more email from Tom, who says, On today's waste management topic, I'm looking forward to hearing the rubbish proposals from Matt and TC. In the last Western colony in Asia, the its inevitable colonists will be metaphorically watching the setting sun holding a Commonwealth flag and a pint of bitter preaching that if the natives just listened to them, everything would be so much better. If they really wanted to be in Asia, they would be in Japan, Taiwan or China and forced to adapt to the local culture. In Japan, that means sorting the garbage into about 10 different varieties disposed of on five different days and washing all the plastics before throwing them out. That's from
5: Tom. All right, the time now is uh, 24 minutes past nine. We're now going to turn to our second and final topic this morning, to the latest development of the Central Market Revitalization Project. China Chem Group has been awarded the tender to operate the project for 10 years. It says it will turn the central market into a playground for all, where people from all walks of life can meet and socialize. To discuss the project, we're joined on the line now by John Batten, the president of the International Association of Art Critics in Hong Kong. Good morning.
4: Hi, Janice. Hi, Hugh.
1: Hi.
5: Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. So, uh, Mr. Batten, it's been so many years since uh, this revitalization plan was uh, first announced in uh, 2009. Many people I spoke to said they've um, almost forgotten about it. But now it seems like the project is ready to show its new face to the public. Would you say the wait has uh, been worthwhile?
4: Well, in the sense that um, when it was announced that um, um, that the central market would be sold uh, to a property developer for redevelopment Um, in the early... The market itself closed in 2003 and then the government, the Treasury uh, Department wanted to sell it to raise um, extra revenue as they do and so it was marked to be demolished and then there was um, the campaigns for the Star Ferry and the one I was involved in PMQ and we lobbied very hard for a holistic approach to central. And uh, Donald Sung announced the conserving central um, uh, strategy uh, to preserve a number of public buildings, which included the central market. And then there was a big big belly flop um, because Carrie Lam um, had eyes to, uh, as they say, revitalize it. And it became, if you remember, the central oasis and they asked for proposals, and the proposal that was kept, uh, that was chosen was to add four storeys to it, which included a swimming pool. Um, this, as we lobbied a lot was, was inconceivable because the, the, the fabric of the market is old concrete. It wasn't able to support the, the new engineering of a, a, an extra four storeys. Apart from that, it was extremely ugly. So that was scrapped in 2015, and then um, the URA was given the project, and they came to the same conclusion. And what you have now is the URA revamping uh, or or conserving the exterior of of the market, and it is in its original form. And a number of people have said to me, wow, this is... This looks great, because as you see, the the paintwork is similar to the original paintwork, that people remembered it um, before it was closed. So now we're at the stage where how do you run it, who runs it, and it's been announced that the China Chem would, would run it. Yeah.
5: Right. And China Chem Group's uh, Donald Choi, the, the executive director, he says um, the, the they want to uh, transform this uh, historical building into a 21st century marketplace, which will support local brands and startups. Uh, does that sound like another PMQ to you?
4: Well, OK, Well, let's just do a little bit of background here. Um, first of all, the, the structure of China Chem is quite interesting because after the, um, as we remember, who've been here a long time, the Nina Wang um, trials and tribulations of her, her will. Um, the will, all her shares in the in, in China Chem, have gone into a trust, and so it actually is a it's a it's a charity. China Chem is is a little bit different in its uh, ownership structure in that it, it is a charity. the The form of the charity is still being debated. And lobbied, I suppose, uh, within government, the China Chem trustees, and a decision will eventually be made in the High Court. Now, I don't know how that will affect uh, a project such as uh, Central Market, but it sounds like there is a non-profit motive there somewhere. Um, now, of course, China Chem have done uh, something that you would do in a project like this, where there's public issues they've they've set up a separate company called uh, what's it called noble vantage limited but i you know that still comes under the auspices of the charity so that's one aspect of this the other aspect is donald choy himself now donald choy uh, previously worked for nan fong and donald is unlike a lot of um uh, he was the managing director of non-form uh, uh, another well well-known local property developer but Donald, I, from what I've seen of him, he actually gets involved and talks to grassroots people and, and meets people, uh, meets lobbyists, he meets activists, he meets all sorts of people. And one of the results of his time at, at Nan Fung is uh, a, a very good project out at uh Chinhuan, which is the, the Mills project. And I encourage any listener who hasn't been to go there. It's it's conveniently located near the Chenhuan police station but it is in fact an old um, factory building uh, which was the original building that Fung started when it was a, uh, a, a, a cloth manufacturer, a fabric manufacturer and the the building has been um, conserved and it, it has evolved into a really interesting place of um, different levels of activities. So one is, of course, restaurants and shops, but it has, um, like a museum, you can see the the process of of making fabric, and then they have a a contemporary art program. Um, Yeah, it it looks quite good. So when Donald talks like this, I sort of give him the benefit of the doubt and hope that he would um, have the same ideas with, with central market because it it would be a failure um, if it becomes a, a sort of URA type project. But of course, the URA is still the manager in the sense they have the 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 um, the, the the right to to manage it for 21 years. So the um, the, the China Chem will be uh, sub managing it, I suppose. So yes, and I think one thing we've argued. Especially with the uh, uh, the other urRA project nearby as the the destruction of the the Graham Street market is that the ground floor area of, of the of the revitalized central market could make a fabulous market um, you know a, a proper market with with ve- proper vegetables and uh, a regular market but maybe in, done in a way that's a bit cleaner. So the sort of facilities needed in the area are, yes, uh, low-cost food outlets. Um, I think they should be incorporated a public space, a performance space, an art
6: venue. Um, Yeah.
5: All right, Uh, Mr. Batten, that sounds uh, all very interesting. But unfortunately, we're out of time. But thanks very much indeed for joining us this morning. And that's John Batten, the president of the International Association of Art Critics in Hong Kong.
3: Just a few more uh, emails. Alan says the government makes a pretense of caring about recycling. They put out separated waste bins. People religiously separate their waste, then contractors collect them and dump them all in the landfill. The government refuses to investigate what actually happens to the waste. One thing that keeps increasing is drinking water bottles, millions and millions every They end up in landfill and in the ocean. Hong Kong tap water is safe, at least until you get into housing estates, at least until it gets into housing estates with. Uh, drinking fountains are few and far between in Hong Kong, never seen on the streets. Government staff all drink bottled water, despite the Water Department certifying that tap water is safe, and bottled water often tainted by plastic. Uh S says if we believe that the entire community will cooperate with waste management then we are grossly mistaken even in buildings where there are recycling bins only 10% bother to recycle and Magnus on the topic of personal battles says I agree with Nick keep it on topic that's from Magnus
5: and now we leave you with the weather. Um, it will be cloudy with occasional rain. Rain will be more frequent at first and it will ease off tonight. Temperatures will linger around 17 degrees. Winds are fresh to strong easterlies. Occasionally gale force on the high ground. The weather will improve on Lunar New Year's Eve. Warm during the day with sunny periods in the Lunar New Year holidays. The strong monsoon signal is currently in force. Right now it's 16 degrees, relative humidity 95%.
4: Under the Electricity Ordinance, owners must arrange inspection, testing and certification of electrical installations by a registered electrical contractor every five years. The certificate must be delivered to the Electrical and Mechanical Services Department for endorsement within two weeks after issue. Failure to complete the testing before the expiry of the certificate is an offence.
5: It's 9.34, the news with Samantha Butler.
2: A University of Hong Kong law professor says the Court of Final Appeals' judgment on the bail application for Jimmy Lai gives the national security law proportionate and restrictive effect. Hong Kong's top court ruled against the Apple Daily founder on Tuesday as he awaits trial on a national security offence, but it said he could make a fresh application for bail. Mr Lai's lawyers say they'll do so, and Professor Simon Young believes they stand a good chance of success. A bipartisan group of senior US senators has reintroduced a bill to make it easier for people from Hong Kong fearing persecution after joining protests.